Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Indeed, we make you smile indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Chicago from 1969, ladies and gentlemen. One of the earlier hits, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome to a pre-special edition of Wrestling Revisit of a Thursday night, March the 22nd, 2018, 322-18. Ladies and gentlemen, we were preempted on Tuesday because of a minor snafu, but we're back here to give you Wrestling Revisited, ladies and gentlemen, for episode number 112, 1724 call ID 139926 pound and joining me live right now, ladies and gentlemen, here tonight on Wrestling Revisited. First off, in the chat box, ladies and gentlemen, joining us from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, who will be calling in relatively shortly, our good friend, the Rattlesnake, Anil Patel, however. And, of course, joining me right now here on the Wrestling Revisited show, ladies and gentlemen, is the human suplex machine, the man who brings you birthdays and dates every day here on the TalkSpeed Radio Network, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully it is a warm evening indeed, Howard. Everyone's staying warm down there. It is Mr. John Gross. John and Anil, welcome to 112. It's a pleasure. Finally we get rid of this snow. Yeah, and hopefully we can get out of spring. Yeah, indeed. I mean, after what happened over the last couple of days, I would agree with you there, John. No question about it. about seven inches of snow happened here yesterday, but it's starting to warm up a little bit. It's still a little chilly, however. But guess what? How you chose a good night to stay warm with us here, Howard, as we are getting you set for what should be an exciting night. And before we get into anything else, Howard, ladies and gentlemen, we want to remind you that coming up at nine o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, we will have a very Special edition of Wolfpack Radio, one three eight five two one pound Be sure to join uh, myself, John, and Neil, and the rest of the gang. Of course, Gerard T. Smith and I will have your news headlines for you beginning at 9 o'clock. John will take you into the birthdays and dates. And then tonight we have might have something extra you never know. But before we get into our moment of the evening, Howard, here on Wrestling Revisited, John has some breaking news that just came in over the wire a little bit ago. So we're going to turn it over to him with that before we get into our breakdown of the uh, Wrestling Revisited time machine uh, starting to crank up, if you will. So right now, let's turn it over to the Ubuntu Suplex Machine, who has the big news for us right now, and we will let you know what that is right now. Okay, first, first off, before I say this, um, also on my histories and birthdays, this come, 
this, um, I know I was going to keep his birthday on Saturday, but you know what? Maybe just for fun on NWO Wolfpack tonight, I'll say his birthday. His birthday's coming up Saturday, but but I'll just feel like doing it. Huh? And second part, okay, if I can if I can get it up here. All right. Okay. Mark Middleton from Lords of Pain has reported that Hulk WWE Hall of Famer Hulk Hogan may finally be returning to the company soon. Yes, I did hear about that. There's after- no one yet on how, what kind of role Hogan may come back for, but they're saying that he could take on an authority role for SmackDown. Hmm, interesting. Now that Shane McMahon has taken an indefinite leave of absence, Brandon and Grimes been cleared to perform as an entering talent once again. Well, this would be interesting considering the fact that Hulk Hogan has not been seen from nor heard from since the infamous scandal of Gawker. Yeah, and of, uh, his role as the WWE ambassador. Right. He has not been seen nor heard from, however, since this whole thing went down, however, with Gawker. And, of course, what happened a while back, back in the day with Bubba the Love Sponge. Thank you very much, John. And we'll talk more about this, I'm sure, here tonight, however. And I will mention it in the news, however, at 9 o'clock, along with Gerard. But I will ask you directly, and I will ask you now when he comes on the line, too, however, and anyone else who wants to give us a call here tonight. Uh, Hulk Hogan returning once again to WWE. Is WWE finally... Uh, basically uh, repaired the damage, so to speak, how with the Hulkster, and are they on good speaking terms now? It seems like right now, like you said, how from what you're telling us, how they are on good speaking terms, and they have like, a big role for him coming up down the road for some point, maybe here in a few weeks at WrestleMania. What are your thoughts? You know, three years ago when I came in, came in this show, when I yes. came in this group, that's the first thing we talked about. That, that's been the first, that was the first topic We've been talking, I was talking about since I came here to the group. That was the first ever thing we, I said when I came to this group. And it's been three years since I came to this group. And now three years later, Hulk Hogan might make his return again to the WWE. So anything like Chad would say, anything and it can happen. And will happen in the WWE. Right, and it looks like it could happen, however, with the Hulkster making a big return once again to WWE. Of course, the global ambassador who has been around since the late 70s, however, could be on his way once again back to WWE. You were about to say something, John. Go right ahead. And what if Hulk Hogan and Daniel Bryan team together on SmackDown as the authority group? What? That would be yes. Be, I was just gonna bring that up. Yeah, what if him and Daniel Bryan run it together or team up together? Yes, that that's a very very good point indeed, Howard. I mean that would be very very interesting. I think the yes and the Hulk maniacs would go crazy. I know I would go crazy. I think it's going to be pretty cool. We'll definitely be watching this very carefully, however. And like I said, I will be attending SmackDown this next Tuesday at the PPG Paints Room. By the way, tickets are still on sale for the show. What's that? Which is in Pittsburgh. Yes, in my hometown this Tuesday night, correct, John, indeed. Yep, and of course, Monday night, we will be in Cleveland, the city by the lake, if you will, however, which is going to be very interesting. Of course, the Quick and Loans Arena there in LeBron James' hometown. It's going to be a very interesting night. We understand John Cena will be taking on Kane this coming Monday night, but we'll talk more about that here coming up on Raw Radio this Monday, however, and of course, later on tonight, and if not tonight, definitely tomorrow night on the Friday edition of Revolution. Uh, What's that, John? 
He has a huge task this Monday night as he takes on the man who is who has been very pissed at Cena lately for challenging The Undertaker. Yes, he has. And, of course, he's also running for political office, if you will, and mayor, however, and that is the big red monster himself, Howard Kane. We will yeah, definitely be watching. Of course, John Cena, of course, coming out with a big... Right, and John Cena, of course, coming out with a big movie of his own, uh, Blockers, if you will, with, uh, of course, Leslie Mann, actress, of course, star from the movies of The 40-Year-Old Virgin and The Other Woman, among other movies. Of course, John Cena will also be on the Ellen DeGeneres show tomorrow afternoon. Check your local listings on time on that. However, Sigourney Weaver, famous actress of the Alien Trilogy, will also be on that show. So, folks, uh, John Cena is keeping very busy when he's not doing... uh, for his new movie, he'll also be, I believe, at the Nick Choice Awards this weekend coming up. However, uh, he's got an upcoming uh, thing with, with his upcoming wedding with Nikki Bella. We got a lot. I mean, certainly, the man is a very busy man, to say the least. What were you saying? Well, can be at the awards ceremony, though. I would doubt it. I would doubt it because it's just kids related, but you never know. But we'll be watching this very carefully. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we're now going to get into our moment of the evening. But before we do, ladies and gentlemen, for you basketball fiends, it's going to be a crazy night and weekend How are in the world of basketball called Hoops, that is. Tonight, we've got some great games lined up for you. First off in Atlanta, it will begin at 727. In just about a few minutes from now, it will be two Cinderella's going at it, Howard. Loyola Chicago taking on Nevada. Of course, Loyola Chicago with their 98-year-old uh, Wonderful uh, chaplain, if you will, the good luck charm, supposedly, as they say, however, has won 13 in a row, looking to make their uh, uh, statement proud and uh, school proud. They have not been to the championship since 1963. Can they keep on going to the Final Four and into the Final Four in a few weeks? We'll have to wait and see. And then, it, of course, following that, of course, you've got an interesting game between Kansas uh, State and Kentucky there at the Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. Meanwhile, out there in Los Angeles, how are you got some really good games tonight, including Michigan and Texas A&M jumping up at 745. And then at 955, 10 o'clock, if you will, Florida State and Gonzaga will close out the night in L.A. Meanwhile, tomorrow night in Boston, what a doubleheader we got there. Line up for you first at 7.30. Villanova and West Virginia will be tangling with one another, followed by Purdue and Texas Tech, if you will. While in Omaha, Nebraska, if you will, we got two other semifinal games going on, however. And we'll tell you about those games, however. That should be very interesting. But overall, by Sunday, we will know who has punched their ticket to the Alamo City, if you will, which will be next weekend, if you will, for the NCAA Men's Final Four. And we'll let you know who will be left standing and who will be going home until next week. And also, speaking of sports, don't forget next Thursday. Next Thursday afternoon, opening day. We'll be here. Yes, opening day will be here. You're right, John, one week from today. And, of course, this Monday we will talk about baseball on Raw Radio, folks. You want to stay tuned for that. We'll talk more about uh, Raw. We'll talk a little baseball. We'll talk everything and anything under the sun coming up on Monday. Be sure to check it out with John, myself, and Nell, Fonzie, and the rest of the gang this coming Monday, 3 p.m., 138744-pound. And we will definitely give you our thoughts about that here until 5 o'clock coming up on Monday. But in the meantime, as we said, we're now going to get in back into wrestling talk for now. And our first moment of the night, John, is going to be talking about a man who well has been, well, let's just say, unique over the years, ladies and gentlemen. He came out with a DVD a while back. And we're going to talk about this DVD and get uh, thoughts about this as we will look at the very special edition of this uh, gentleman, of course. Howard. Unfortunately, Howard, they only gave us a breakdown of it in Blu-ray form, not regular DVD form, but still. Nevertheless, this guy, of course, has been very controversial over the years. Some people love him. Some people hate him. I have been a fan of his since the very beginning. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, he is known as 
ladies and gentlemen, my name is you know what, Teller, and that <laughs> folks Teller, that leads us into our intro of the one and only. Yep, you guessed it, ladies and gentlemen, the former head of ECW and at one time a WCW commentator slash manager, if you will. Yes, folks, Paul E. Heyman, dangerously, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, named after. Uh, of course, uh, the movie character from 1985, however, that uh, Michael Keane started at Johnny Dangerously. Nevertheless, our Paul Heyman, of course, ladies and gentlemen, a very unique guy over the years. Of course, we will talk about the DVD and break it down for you X's and O's. He talks about how he got his start as a photographer uh, with the WWE, however, by accident, because he got to know Vince McMahon's father, if you will, however, before getting to know Vince McMahon himself. Then, of course, he talks about how he... Uh, Became a manager, however, working down in Memphis, the AWA, WCW, going on to ECW, if you will. And, of course, uh, he also talked about how he became a commentator, however, mind you, back in the day, as well as a producer and a writer. Uh, he also talks about how he became, became a father, if you will, however. Nevertheless, how are some interesting moments, however, throughout this DVD. Like I said, a lot of people talk about Paul Lee over the years. Uh, some of the people he talks about, of course, believe it or not, however, like I said, uh, he got to know, however, was, uh, believe it or not, however, were Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, he also got to know, however, a few other people, however, back in the day, of course, uh, the original Midnight Express, however, that he battled with James E. Cornette back in the day. He also, of course, uh, got to manage, of course, however, the Simone SWAT team, if you will. He also got to manage the Dangerous Alliance, which consisted of Art Anderson, uh, Larry Sabisco, beautiful Bobby Eaton, and a gentleman by the name of Stone Cold Steve Austin, who wasn't quite Stone Cold yet, but that was known as Stunning Steve Austin, if you will. From there, he went to ECW, of course, however, and had his... Uh, Let's just say unique uh, uh, people that uh, basically ran uh, the company with him, including Eddie Gilbert and Todd Gordon. He also got to know people like Taz, the Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, RVD, and Raven, among others. And then, of course, he went on there to, uh, let's just say, battle uh, his, uh, let's just say, his adversaries, if you will. Some people thought uh, he was crazy and out of uh, the scene, if you will. Some people thought he was just uh, absolutely insane, however. In general, however, because of the way he was, however. But, uh, John, i got to ask you your thoughts, however, about Paul Heyman. Oh, he was a great manager. Indeed, indeed. And we will talk about some of the moments that are on this DVD, however, ladies and gentlemen. However, this is the first disc of the DVD that we will talk about, of course, as we said, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he talks, of course, about... Uh, well, they show a picture of him doing a promo in August of 1970. And how he got the job as Paul E., however, believe it or not, with the cell phone bit, was actually after a movie, believe it or not. The movie was Wall Street from 1987, played by the actor Michael Douglas, who used to have a cell phone and always say, greed is good, of course. And, well, back in the 80s, it seemed like greed was good in a lot of ways, however, for not just uh, uh, movie, movie title, movie catchphrase, but in the world of sports and in general, however, greed was good for everyone. Some of it was... Uh, unique and charismatic. Some of it was very much over the top, if you will. But Paulie says, however, that at the time when he got the job, however, in ECW, however, he did not think he was going to bring a cell phone to him until all of a sudden Al Darusha and Larry Nelson, the color commentator and main guy of EC AWA, excuse me, not ECW, AWA Wrestling, if you will, told him to start bringing a cell phone to the ring. And from there, let's just say, however, he... Uh, 
took off, however, into the stratosphere as we know with the cell phone bit, and as a result, it became a rare occurrence that he would start using it more often than not. From there, he would also start doing a TV show. However, from there, after leaving the AWA territory in the latter part of 87 into early 88, if you will, however, uh, calling his segment The Danger Zone, if you will. And, of course, uh, at the time when he did The Danger Zone, however, he started uh, bringing out guys like Sting, uh, the Steiner Brothers, if you will, Junkyard Dog. A lot of people uh, thought he was crazy, if you will. In fact, Howard, J.R. at one point called uh, Paulie the, quote, Paul Schaefer, a wrestling co-host, if you will. And as a result, however, he, uh, like I said, had a lot of people that uh, respected him and admired him. Some people were not too fond of him. Uh, at one point, however, a lot of people thought that, that he was... Maybe there are kids running around. That's right. And uh, like I said, however, he uh, also created his own awards at one time called the Paul E. Awards, if you will. And, of course, that was the year, of course, uh, he uh, nominated himself along with his group, the Dangerous Alliance, uh, TV Wrestler of the Year, the Tag Team of the Year, uh, Wrestler of the Year, and the Sickest Man in WCW all uh, went to his guys, Larry Sabisco, Ravishing Rick Root, Stunning Steve Austin, and, of course, Arne and Beautiful Bobby Eaton. From there, unfortunately, however... Uh, things turned upside down for Paul Lee, if you will, shortly after this, however, because of issues with management. As a result, management told him to uh, clean up his act, however, and really try to keep it clean. Uh, he tried to, let's just say. He kind of tried to, but as a result, Paul Lee, unfortunately, never uh, saw the light in WCW. And, of course, uh, he talks about how Eric Bischoff basically uh, was uh, better than him, however, according to management. And as a result, him and Bischoff never really got along with each other. And as a result, Paulie was given the heave-ho. From there, he went to ECW, of course, and he started up the company with Todd Gordon, if you will, uh, but really didn't get involved in it at first. Our young man by the name of uh, Mr. Goodhart, if you will, began WWE competed on Monday night. Imagine that. What's that? Imagine if ECW was a part of the Monday Night Wars. Oh, my God, yes. I mean, with the stuff they did, yeah, I agree. He has to bring that up now. Good point, John. Yes, I agree. I mean, at the time, WCW had not started off uh, with the family in WWE, the Monday Night War ratings. WWE had had a firm grasp on Monday Night doing primetime wrestling later on. Um, there was uh-huh. some Monday Night War. And then, of course, Nitro took off in 1995. But, yeah, uh, very good point, how indeed. How, in fact, how, Paulie says, however, that uh, really at the time, how... The problem with that whole Monday Night War thing, however, is is that Vince uh, saw something, however, mind you, in his eye, however, maybe it was because of his dad uh, sending him a message, or maybe he just thought it on his own, but nevertheless, he uh, was the first guy that really fired the opening shot in the Monday Night Wars, if you will. Very good point, John. And uh, some of the guys, like I said, how uh, in fact, uh, Paulie talks about the future of pro wrestling, and of course, when he brought in guys like Shane Douglas and Mick Foley from WCW, however, he didn't think at first... <clears throat> He would join up with him because they were kind of loyal to WCW. But at the time, Tommy Dreamer says in the Rise of All VCW DVD, if you remember how, anytime, uh, like I said, those guys, however, came from WCW, however, uh, they were uh, considered evil. In fact, uh, Paul Heyman considered uh, Bill Watts and the WCW organization evil and uh, misguided because of the way they were handling things. In fact, how he hated ECW so badly, however, because they screwed him royally. And uh, they just basically showed him the door. 
Uh, from there, of course, Paulie started building up ECW, of course, after uh, basically getting Todd Gordon's blessing, if you will, even though Todd Gordon at first, however, was not a part of this yet. However, him and uh, Heyman would take over the brand shortly after Goodhart, of course, Joel Goodhart, I believe his name was, uh, sold the business to Todd Gordon. And, of course, Todd Gordon then brought in uh, Eddie Gilbert along with Paul Heyman. Of course, Paul Heyman, of course, and Eddie Gilbert had a little bit of a falling out around this time. As a result, Eddie Gilbert would tragically, unfortunately, leave us a short time after that, however. But nevertheless, however, it was very unique. And joining us on the line now, ladies and gentlemen, I see how on the caller ID, <clears throat> excuse me, is our good friend, the Rattlesnake, Anel Patel. So let us welcome him into number 112 here on Wrestling Movies. Anel, welcome to 112. Thanks. We are talking about Paul Heyman and some of the memories we were uh, mentioning here about Paul Heyman. <laughs> And uh, right now, however, uh, this is from the Paul Heyman, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Paul Heyman DVD. Uh, i got to ask you now, before we get back into more talk about Paul Heyman, and then we'll get into the uh, breakdown of the matches that you will see on this DVD. Overall, however, what memories uh, of Paul Heyman stand out to you besides being Brock Lesnar's manager? I mean, do you remember him watching him very young, or do you remember hearing stories about Paul Heyman uh, a while back? I mean, what was your take about Paulie? Ah, well, I mean, he's a well, he's an outspoken guy. I, I I think because like um, he's not a, he's not shy to to tell tell it like it is, you know. Just like right now, like if he sees like um, if he sees a flaw in a wrestler, like he he'll let him know, like oh, you need to work on your promos, you need to work on your wrestling skills, you need to work on your you know all around uh, stuff. So he's so he's good at like you know teaching people as well. Like not only is he like good on the uh, at, at his promos, but he's good on at teaching people too. Like if you need any like advice, and uh, I think uh, Paul Heyman would be a good guy to to go to. Mm-hmm, certainly, and of course, as we know, uh, some of the stories that happened, of course, back in the day, as I mentioned, he used to match a bunch of guys, of course, including Rick Rude, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Larry Sabisco, and Anderson in WCW. Uh, him and Eric Bischoff had a little bit of a falling out in WCW because of uh, management issues between. Him and management friend Heyman. Also, he was a part-time commentator with WCW, which good old JR, Jim Ross, if you will. He then went on to ECW and uh, basically got in the door, however. But uh, he also saw guys that uh, came from WCW and brought them up, however. Uh, basically brought them into ECW from other places, not just WCW, but other places, whether it be WWE, the indie ranks, Mexico, Japan. And uh, some of those guys included guys like Chris Benoit, Conan, Rey Mysterio Jr., Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, among others. Uh, one of the things that did happen, however, Paulie, however, brought into play, and I want to get your opinion about it now, is what happened in 1996, early 97, and I'm sure um, I'll mention the story, and I'll get your thoughts on this, and John, I'll get your thoughts on this too, uh, with the mass transit incident. At the time, ECW was, of course, trying to get themselves on pay-per-view. WCW and WWE had already pretty much done their uh, bid. ECW had not quite yet made to pay-per-view, and it looked like at the end of 1996 they were ready to make it, but then all of a sudden a very serious incident occurred occurred at a house show that pretty much uh, uh, did damage in more ways than one, shall we say, how on a particular guy who came in and lied about his age. Paulie, of course, thought this guy was uh, good enough a wrestler to uh, compete, however, with one of his own. However, unfortunately, the guy was not a wrestler by any means. This guy was only a high school kid. As a result, he basically got the tarp beat out of him, if you will, and of course it's known as the mass transit incident, if you will. Uh, some people say it was one of the darkest days in ECW history, and shortly thereafter, because of this, this guy uh, severe injuries because of this, and also 
uh, pretty much almost had his life end right before his own very eyes, however. And because of this ECW, of course, who was looking to get themselves on pay-per-view, was pulled off the network, was pulled off pay-per-view altogether until the fans uh, clamored to Paulie to try again, however, and start all over again, even though he had gotten a lot of backlash out of this. He did get it back up and running, but because of this, how a lot of people, however, thought how, that he was crazy enough to uh, do this, how after what had happened because of this gentleman. And like I said, this gentleman was fortunately to be alive and uh, survive this ordeal. Overall, however, it was in April of 1997 that they finally got recognized on pay-per-view, and of course the event that happened uh, that became synonymous with ECW was their very first name of the pay-per-view called Barely Legal, and of course one of the matches that did happen on that show was Taz versus Sabu, the grudge match of the century as they built it up, and of course later on that same night, of course, we also got to see a very particular hardcore legend in the form of Mr. Terry Funk, win the ECW World Title for the first time. Terry Funk, of course, at the time was 53 years old. But uh, and now i got to get your take on this. I just mentioned what happened. Now, what was your take about this order? I know you didn't get to see this probably, but uh, from what I told you just now, I'm going to get your take on this whole uh, particular story. Uh, well, wow. So, so a wrestler lied about his age to, to get into the business. Well, that's not... That's not a smart decision to do. I mean, nope. uh, you know, you you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't lie about your age uh, regardless. Even if you want to uh, get a job, you know, you should be honest uh, uh, when you when you when you speak. Like, if you lie, of course, that's your people are not going to respect you uh, or or going to talk to you because they're like, oh, I can't trust this guy. You know, he's always going to just lie away lie his way out of things. So I can't really trust him too much. So. So, I, so I'm glad. So I'm glad he got uh, he got the beat, he got he got the tar beat out of him because of it. So, so I'm yeah. glad he got some kind of uh, repercussion. <laughs> yeah, but this guy was very lucky. I mean, like I say, he was. I mean, this guy said he was like 23, 24, and this kid only turned out to be 16, 17 years old. His name was Edward wow. Perry. Yeah, if you go back and look at it, I mean, they talk about it on YouTube. It's 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 very graphic. It's very detailed, and then just watching that again just gives me chills. His name mm-hmm. turned out to be Eric Kulas, E R I C K K U L A S. John, I'm sure you remember hearing this story. Howard, what was your thoughts about this whole? Oh, uh, we've talked we've talked about this a lot before, JD. Yes. So please, well, weigh in. Yeah, we've talked a lot about this before. <laughs> Yeah. And Neil's right. You can't lie about your age. Right, right, exactly. However, exactly. I would agree there, no question about it. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, of course, despite the fact that the man lied about his age, however, they still went off without a hitch. However, ECW, of course, uh, took off into the stratosphere even further as we know it, however. And like I said, despite the fact that they uh, did uh, promote their pay-per-views, however, promote their only pay-per-view at the time, however, repeatedly over and over again for the next month or so, or five weeks or so on uh, WWE, Monday Night Raw television, however, it wasn't until 1998 that really things got more heated up between uh, all three feds, if you will. At the time, however, Vince McMahon thought that uh, Paulie would have uh, gone overboard, however, with that whole uh, barely legal thing and the whole uh, mass fans incident. That was nothing compared to what would happen next. Of course, before that, uh, Paulie brought cameras in, however, on the TV show Current Affairs to film some of his wrestlers and also uh, himself and talk about what he stood for, however. But it wasn't until 1998 that they finally really realized, however, that they had something cooking. And like I said, they didn't care what WCW brought. They didn't care what WWE brought, of course, at the time. Most of the wrestling federations had been very secretive and very uh, taboo-ish, if you will, however, by allowing blood and uh, basically uh, physicality of uh, 
beatdowns. Let's just say ECW changed all that. They brought more blood. They brought more uh, passion. They brought more energy. They brought more uh, fandom, let's just say, to the sport. However, I mean, it didn't matter if you were in Philadelphia. Or you could see these guys or hear about these guys in magazines or on the Internet at the time, which was just starting out, however. And you were thinking, what is going on over in Philadelphia? Whereas in places like New York and Atlanta, they still stood for tradition. They still stood for excellence, even though there was still some things, however, that they did not do. However, they did not do the blood and taste spots. However, they did other stuff. But at the time, however, ECW changed all of that. And then by 1999, however, they realized how that they had had a pretty good roster uh, from guys coming over, like I said, even more from Japan and, of course, Mexico. But at the same time, some of their own guys, however, decided to take off how I leave Paul Heyman high and dry. If you know, guys in case in point, like uh, Malenko, Guerrero, Saturn, Raven, Tommy Dream, Refuel. Some of them actually stayed with him through the good and bad times. And despite the fact that he skipped out on checks on certain wrestlers, he still uh, fought on and crusaded on. And that led us, of course, to what we would know next, however. Despite the fact they were on uh, cable on certain cities and towns, however, they had not yet quite hit the big time with their own primetime show. That would change all of that in the fall of 1999 when they uh, signed a deal with the national network, TNN, if you will, a.k.a. Spike TV. But unfortunately, the agreement between uh, Heyman and TNA, however, kind of went south in a hurry, however. And as a result, by the early part of 2000, however, most of his guys that were still around, however, uh, Mike Awesome, Taz, the Dudley Boys, to just a few, however, they were off in other federations and even uh, decided to leave... Uh, just get out of ECW altogether. Some of the guys that stuck it through the good and bad times despite not getting paid a whole hell of a lot include guys like RVD, Tommy Dreamer, among others. But ECW on Friday nights, how was the thing to watch, however, for about a year or so. Unfortunately, in the middle of 2000, however, ECW and Heyman Howard sued WWE and the National Network because of them taking their spot away. As a result, it became a very heated exchange, if you will, between Paulie and WWE. Uh, John, I'll start with you this time. What do you remember about that time? Uh, him and WWE? Getting into a war with each other about TNN, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess him, he and WWE wanted to have, you know, a war. Mm-hmm. And um, what if what if ECW and WWE did have a fight at WrestleMania 13? Yes, or even for that matter, WrestleMania 17. You know, Paulie. Yeah. Of, course, of course, Paulie took over the brand. Of course, after ECW went out of business in uh, early 2001. And it was March 5, 2001, when he yes. came to the WWE. Indeed, because two months before they had done their last show, and many people thought they were going to bring the do another show, but that turned out to be, well, at least for the next five years, however, or four years, if you will, uh, a thing that we would not see, however. Oh, man, if Lawler was still at the commentary table, what a three-man team that would be. Lawler and Heyman bickering back and forth. Oh, yes. Well, I know, I remember back in the 90s, if you remember, how I was watching on old WWE Monday Night Raw voice, especially when uh, they were promoting their first paper, Barely Legal. There was a lot of tension between uh, Paulie and Jerry the King Law. I know for a fact, for a long time, they were not the best of friends and none for saw eye to eye. JR and uh, Heyman were the same way. And uh, even after the King took off, Howard took his sabbatical for quite a while. In early 2001, Howard, J.R. and Heyman had some uh, issues with each other, too. But, Anel, let's get your thoughts on this whole thing. Um, yeah, so it was like a mouthful. So, uh, so what do you want me to comment on? It was like a lot Sorry. of stuff you just said. Uh, your thoughts about 
uh, ECW coming on to cable television and then eventually uh, having the doors shut on them, however, because of a big fight with WWE and also most of the talent leaving to go elsewhere, like WCW and WWE around this time, like Devon and Bubba Ray, Taz, uh, RVD, among others. Your thoughts? Mm, well, I, I did. Well, I didn't watch ECW back, back when I was uh, young, but I did. I did hear about like uh, how they wrestled um, in the promotion. It was pretty, yeah, like you said, it was um, worth watching type of stuff. And like, and uh, the pay per views that they did were were like five stars. Well, like they they performed uh, uh, at a high level. So I mean, I so I do so I do um, regret not watching it when when I when it came out. But I mean, it sucked. Yeah, it sucked. It didn't last long either, cause cause they you said the the television deal didn't really um uh, work out like they wanted it to be. So then they had to you know cancel it as a whole. So it yeah. kind of sucked. Yeah, definitely no question. I would agree. And of course, a lot of people talk about some of the uh, darker times actually began uh, well before that, especially when Todd Gordon Heller kind of uh, basically leaked out how that he wanted to take some payments out of WCW guys like. Uh, the Sandman, Bill Alfonso, and Ray. You're always. What's that? Uh, never mind. Never mind. Uh, but unfortunately, he did bring Sandman and Raven into WCW. Unfortunately, referring to Terry Taylor, uh, Todd Gordon did not go to WCW. But of course, uh, the story here, however, at the time is, however, that Heyman uh, basically met Taz, Bubba Ray, and Tommy. Listened to a message that Todd Gordon had left on his cell phone, referring to Heyman's cell phone at the time, saying that he wanted these guys. Uh, he says, however, that Todd Gordon, however, despite the fact that he wanted those guys, however, kind of betrayed him in a way, however. I mean, he had trusted Paul and uh, Todd Gordon for a while with uh, being his uh, partner, if you will, and then all of a sudden he just sticks a knife in his back and takes away some of his talent. Uh, of course, Heyman, as we said over the years, had a very bad crusade against WCW and Eric Bischoff, saying that uh, he stole the Cruiserweight guys, guys like uh, Chris uh, Jericho, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, uh, among others. He also had guys uh, who actually left ECW for a time because they weren't getting paid pretty well at the time and go off into yeah. one of two other feds like WWE or WCW, like Sabu. And of course, they would only last a short time. It didn't last very long at all, and they decided to come back, you know, because they figured how they weren't going to make it big anywhere else. But uh, very, very good points, guys. No question about it. How, like I said, this was a very unique DVD. He also talks later on about how he got off. Uh, Became a writer, however, with WWE, of course, him and Stephanie McMahon not seeing eye-to-eye in a lot of ways. How him and uh, Vince McMahon really got into a big shouting match back in 2006 at the December to December paper, which is considered one of the worst pay-per-views in history. How he became a manager of guys like, once again, of guys like this time like CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, among others. So uh, this is definitely worth watching, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, you will definitely want to check this out. So, uh... Uh, I implore you to check it out and uh, state your own thoughts about this. But like I said, folks, he has a lot of opinions, of course. Uh, his promos, of course, in some of these uh, uh, extras, however, this DVD are very unique, including when he talks about how uh, he how he uh, basically got uh, started, how originally as a photographer, and then, of course, later on becoming a manager, uh, and then later commentator, if you will. He also talks about how uh, some of the guys uh, looked up to him, guys like the Midnight Express, uh, the Dangerous Alliance, if you will, 911, among other guys. So, uh, very, very unique to say the least in more ways than one. 
Uh, before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, let's give you the number again, 1724-444-7044, caller ID 139926-POUND. This is episode number 112 for March the 22nd, ladies and gentlemen, 2018-322-18, ladies and gentlemen here. you got the Rattlesnake and El Patel, you got the Human Suplex Machine, and of course, you got the Iceman here, ladies and gentlemen, as we are talking about what is a very unique uh, uh, video tonight, of course, the... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman DVD, which was released in the general public back in August of 2014. We're going to talk more about that in just a few seconds with Disc 2 and give you our thoughts about the breakdown of each individual uh, segment, if you will, here uh, before we call the evening. Now, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back at 9 o'clock with Wolfpack Radio 138521 Pound, and be sure to check that out, ladies and gentlemen. We will talk about that here. Also, last night, ladies and gentlemen, we want to congratulate the new NWA US champion in what was a very physical match last night, and it was a very good match, too, with the Iceman, Jared Drama, the last kicker, Amber Rickenbach. She's the new co-holder of the NWA US title, however, if you will. And if you guys want to talk amongst yourselves real quick, I'll be back in a minute, and we'll continue this conversation. And Hey, John. What's going on? <sighs> yeah, good win yesterday. You did, you did good. You did good. I'll give it to you. Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it stung I, uh, me a little bit, man. It just stung me. Uh, I, I didn't think I would lose in that fashion, but like I said, you know, it was just, uh, it was just a heavy, heavy match. That's all it was. It was heavy. And it was anyone's game as as it is, you know. It was anyone's game, so. But it was fun. It was fun. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, guys. All right. No problem. All right. As we said, of course, ladies and gentlemen, he talks about some of the moments that are very unique on the CD. So let's talk about some of the moments that you will see on the CBD and give you our thoughts. Our first moment, of course, is Paul Heyman, of course, uh, talks about how he is not a fan of Vince McMahon. This happened a couple months after the 9-11 uh, tragedy in November of 2001. Very unique promise. You might want to check that out. Then, of course, he introduces his newest big sensation, April 2002, just a few weeks after WrestleMania 18, if you will, Brock Lesnar for the first time, followed by uh, this unique moment. Paul Heyman, Vince, and Eric Bischoff, however, in the same ring, May of 2005, ladies and gentlemen, however, so that will be very unique. Uh, Paul Heyman then thanks the ECW fans for coming back to him after a five-year layoff in June of 2005, less than a couple weeks after this. The resurrection of ECW, one-night stand, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, however, June of the following year. In September, however, he talks about uh, how he made it finally big, however, from the uh, streets of Philadelphia, if you will, however, to his hometown of New York City, if you will, into Madison Square Garden. As ECW made their debut on that night, uh, Mr. McMahon giving him a performance review in January of 2013, however. Uh, two weeks after that, Paul Heyman giving CM Punk his notice, how telling CM Punk he's no longer going to manage him. In July, of course, CM Punk dealing with Paul E., however, one-on-one. October of 2013, talking about how he has a new client, new clients in his stable, Ryback and Curtis Axel. March of 2014, however, Paul Heyman in CM Punk's hometown just a few months after CM Punk had quit WWE because of issues with management, drops a major pipe bomb, if you will, and talks about how his 
uh, client once again. Brock Lesnar will shake like shake up the world if you want WrestleMania <laughs> 30 there in Chicago. Very unique moment there. And that leads us to our matches. Uh, but before we get into the matches, guys, uh, overall, your thoughts about some of these extras already as far as promos go involving Paul e. Uh John, I'll start with you. Um, he was a good, good manager. No question. No question about it. And uh, any of these moments stand out for you, however, that we've listed? Um, him in WWE and ECW. Mm-hmm. Certainly. 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 Yeah. And now, what about you? What are your thoughts about some of these uh, promos by Paul Heyman? Uh, yeah. So, the so yeah, uh, CM Punk and uh, Paul Heyman was a, was a good rivalry, I guess. Because, you know, like I said to you, CM Punk was kind of outspoken too, so you know you had two behemoths uh, that are good on the mic uh, going at it. So I, so I love when uh, you have two passionate people, you know, uh, uh, talking it out on the mic. I love it. <laughs> certainly, certainly, no question. I would agree there. Very good point indeed. Very good point indeed. No question about. It. I would agree there, and uh, I would have to, uh, I would have to say the same thing. No question. About it. I also like the moment whenever him and Bischoff and Vince were in the same lane together back in May of 2005. I thought that was a very unique moment. I think probably my favorite has to be the night that he spoke in the garden, however, in front of everyone. I mean, that was incredible, however. Like I said, Sabu tried to come out and go after him, however. Uh, like I said, however, but uh, Sabu made a big uh, impact, if you will, on that night, if you will, uh, there in the garden. And this is a guy who, uh, like I said, as we said, went from the bingo halls there on Swanson and Rittner Street in South Philadelphia, however, all the way to the biggest, most famous arena of them all, the world's most famous arena, the Mecca of Meccas, if you will, MSG. And on that night in September 2006, I thought that was an amazing uh, moment, if you ask me. And like you said, now the whole CM Punk uh, banter with uh, him and uh, Punk was very good, and especially when Heyman dropped that major pipe bomb in March of 2014, just a few weeks before WrestleMania 30, if you will, there in Punk's hometown, just a couple weeks before uh, uh, his client, his first big client, if you will, Brock Lesnar, if you will, uh, let's just say took charge, if you will, but uh, to uh, rip apart CM Punk in his hometown and absolutely uh, shoot a major pipe bomb on Punk in his hometown of Chicago, I thought that was pretty ballsy and gutsy, no question about it, and it took a lot of uh, unique moments uh, to people and say, what are you thinking, what are you doing? Well, guess what, Paulie didn't care, and like I said, he definitely... Uh, Waged war with anyone and everybody, however, and it didn't matter who was in the caught the crossfire, so to speak. Speaking of crossfire, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about some of the matches that you will see on this DVD, ladies and gentlemen, however, and uh, give you our thoughts, however, mind you. Our uh, first moment, of course, takes us, ladies and gentlemen, back to, if I can just find it here, da, 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 I just saw it, so bear with me here, folks. It happened here, oh, here we go. January of 1989, it was Midnight Express, however, a sweet stand lane, and Dennis Condry, of course, taking on Randy Rose and beautiful Bobby Eaton. Actually, let me see here. Uh, yeah, Paulie, of course, uh, had his guys, of course, uh, like I said, however. It was Randy Rose, of course, and Dennis Condry, who at one time was a member of the Midnight Express, taking on sweet stand lane and beautiful Bobby Eaton, the original Midnight Express by uh, uh, James E. Cornette. 
as a result, however, mind you, however, uh, Condry and company end up beating uh, James E. Cornette's Express on this night, however, in January of 1989. So, uh, that being said, this was held, of course, I believe, in the legendary Omni, if I'm not mistaken, there in January of 89. So, that'll be a very unique moment there. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, we have Brock Lesnar and his client, of course, watching him taking on the Hardy Boys in a two on one handicap match, if you will, of course. Brock uh, making it look real easy here in uh, May of 2002, less than a month after making his debut. And then, of course, we have the match where uh, he uh, basically was forced into battle uh, to take on CM Punk and Curtis Axel in a no-DQ. Let's just say, however, mind you, however, and like I said, however, uh, Curtis Axel and company, of course, along with Ryback saw basically... uh, Paulie get beat down by CM Punk on the night of the championship there back in 2013. And as a result, Paulie ends up, uh, like I said, however, like I said, however, uh, like I said, like I said, however, Paulie ends up getting the pin here in a very questionable, shaky match to say least. But guys, overall, your thoughts about these matches? They weren't good. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Certainly. And now your thoughts about these matches? Yeah, I think I think they're good, but I, but I think like uh, there should there should have been better opponents uh, instead of uh, what you um, mentioned. You know, if better opponents, uh, the mm-hmm. the matches would have been more uh, watchable. I I would say. Yes, certainly I would agree there. Very good point, Ed. The one I thought that was only good on this one, however, obviously, however, was the whole Midnight Express battle between James Cornette's team and, of course, Paul E's team, as I said. And uh, like I said, I'm just looking here to see if there's anything else. However, uh, like I said, folks, uh, I'm just, uh, like I said, folks, however, uh, we saw what happened in July 13, on 2013, when uh, Punk, like I said, however, uh, like I said, however, we see uh, Brock Lesnar uh, basically beat the crap out of CM Punk. However, after uh, Paulie, of course, comes out and tells his uh, called monster, if you will, the man who will be taking on uh, Roman Reigns, if you will, coming up in a few weeks, ladies and gentlemen, that is clobbing time for his former client, CM Punk, and that's what happened on Raw July of 2013. Uh, like I said, however, we then see, of course, like I said, as I mentioned, of course, what happened prior to that only a few weeks before when Mr. McMahon gave him, let's just say, however, mind you, however, uh, like I said, however, gave Paulie a performance review, however, and of course, Brock attacks Vince on this show, and Heyman tells Brock, however, not to do it anymore, however, because if he does, however, he'll be suspended or fired. Brock kind of leaves the ring with Heyman with a little bit of a smile, smile across his face, sort of like an evil grin smile, if you will, however, as Vince is there, left lane, however, if you will. Now, prior to that, of course, Vince asks uh, Paulie if he is indeed in cahoots with the Shield or Brad Maddox because of what had happened uh, with the Shield laying out Ryback, if you will, or CM Punk, if you will, however. Uh, just a few months before at the Survivor Series 2012, if you will, which, of course, saw the debut of Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and, of course, uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, he then says, however, if he's ever lied, which he says he's done it every single day of his life because he's a promoter, and he doesn't regret it because that's what keeps him alive. However, he tells Vince he's not lying now about the... Uh, Thing about him being in the pocket of the shield and the shield coming to him, however. Vince says if that's true or not, however, and of course, Paulie then kind of says, however, that's not true at all. Then, of course, Brad Maddox comes out, and we saw him and Brad Maddox get into a, sh- a little argument with each other before Vince finally sees the footage for himself that Brad Maddox pulls up on the Titantron, and of course, that leads to Brock Lesnar coming out and basically beating the holy dog meat out of Maddox and also Vince McMahon. Because- 
Uh, from there, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, here's some exclusive that you can only see on Blu-ray, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, of course, he talks about at uh, one point how he rode a bike down a rooftop, believe it or not, one day. As he snuck his bike in his bedroom and rode straight down the roof, believe it or not. In the midst of doing it, how he realized it was a bad idea and jumped off into a tree while the bike and the gutter fell down. His mom saw the whole thing through the kitchen while she was making veal for dinner and he acted like nothing had happened was doing homework. Heyman says, no matter the mood, his mom was always yelling and let him have it for 20 minutes. His dad also came home and Heyman was dreaded talking to him because of what had happened. He told his father what had happened and his dad told him next time, Howard, don't do anything stupid. So there you go. Uh, he also talks about how he got to know three different managers, however, in his early years as a photographer. Those guys included Captain Louis Albano, Freddie Blassie, and the Grand Wizard, uh, idols of his, however. In fact, he says, however, believe it or not, however, that the Grand Wizard was one of his all-time favorites, and, of course, that was very unique. Uh, we did talk about the cell phone issue, of course. Uh, one of the people who did not go for the cell phone issue originally at first was uh, Vern Gagne, believe it or not. Vern Gagne told Heyman, however, that it would be stupid to use the cell phone during a match and use it for uh, his benefit. But uh, after much convincing, however, he finally gave in to uh, the demands set forth by Larry Nelson, of course, Al DeRusso, who was his producer at the time in the AWA, referring to uh, Vern Gagne, and of course, Larry Nelson was the voice of the AWA. He also says at one time, however, he actually got fired before he even got started managing. This is a funny story. You're going to like hearing this story, guys. <laughs> he says, the first day he worked in Memphis, he got fired by rubbing everyone the wrong way. At the time, Austin Idol was in a main event view with Jerry the King Lawler because Heyman knew him from his days, however, and he used to love to get on the King's skin. Well, upon finding out Heyman's last day, he went up to Lawler and said to him he would leave if Heyman didn't become his manager. Lawler asked why, and he said he wanted to be his manager, not to back him up, but to just rile him up. Well, unfortunately, however, the rest, as they say, is history. And because of that, Idol and Heyman, however, began to drive King's life a living hell for the next six months, however, by torturing him any way he could, whether it be in the ring with a promo or just in general outside of the ring in Memphis. So there you go. Uh, next, he talks about how, like I said, Joey Styles talks about how our he was an intern at Pro Wrestling Illustrated with Bill After, and during the photo shoot back in the early 90s, however, that's how he first met Paul Heyman. He said that uh, he told uh, him basically, uh, referring to Joey Howard, that he used to work for WCW, however, and he was hoping to get his foot in the door as an announcer, and he had sent to both WWE and WCW. At the time, he said Bruce Pritchard, the WWE, blew him off and never showed them to Vince McMahon. Bill Watts tried to call him, and of course, actually. Wanted to do an interview with him, but never really got sent an interview time. Heyman at the time says he wasn't in charge of ECW yet, but he invited Billy Styles down to Philadelphia Howard to meet with uh, uh, Eddie Gilbert. Oh, my God. What's that, John? Some friends were waving at me. Oh, okay. Well, he says that, however, at the time, Howard says he wasn't in charge yet, so he got to talk to Joel Goodhart and, of course, uh, Eddie Gilbert, who was uh, basically trying to start up this Philadelphia promotion. As a result, Joey says he had never been to Philadelphia and was very nervous uh, getting his audition in with those guys. He says, while he was in Philadelphia, he ran to Todd Gordon, who at the time was ready to own the company, and he asked him what he was doing there. And Joey said at the time, however, he had a trial for announcing. Todd told him, well, I own ECW and never heard of you. Joey says at this point, how he literally almost crapped his pants, but he told him that Paul Heyman invited him. It was a friend of Booker of Eddie Gilbert. Shortly thereafter, Eddie was removed as Booker. Paul E. took over, and at this point, however, he asked Joey, however, along with Todd Gordon's blessing, if he would mind giving him another chance to announce BCW. 
Gordon gave in, and as they say, the rest is history. So there you go. Uh, of course, we also see a little bit of uh, Paulie backstage talking to some of his guys and promos, if you will. He also talks about, however, at one point, how he almost got back into the ring, however, as a wrestler in ECW. And that, this is a funny story, how this story came up, guys. Dreamer says that back uh, November to November was usually ECW's WrestleMania. It wasn't barely legal. It wasn't... Uh, like I said, uh, Heat Wave or something like that. It was November to Rember. At the time, they had advertised the main event of Tommy Dreamer, a mystery partner, versus Justin Incredible and Jack Victory. Well, for weeks, however, at the time, however, Tommy kept bugging Paulie, who his partner would be, and Heyman told him not to worry about it. Then, of course, he called up uh, a few people while this was going on, including Jake the Snake Roberts, Vader, and Jerry Lawler. Well, the night before the show, they had a Halloween parade on Bourbon Street, and everyone was out drinking and partying, and Tommy decided just to stay in. Well, the morning of the show, Heyman got a phone call and said, Get a 12-inch python. He said, Jake the Snake is your partner. Dreamer's freaking out, and Heyman replies, It's New Orleans, man. As a result, our Dreamer called Pet Shops and couldn't get one. And he felt that Heyman was going crazy, however, because he brought in Jake the Snake. Hour. Well, unfortunately, that was the story there. Go figure. Uh, he also talks about, uh, the one person talks about a guy who actually almost tried to make an impact early on in ECW was Edge. At the time, how he says, him and Christian heard about ECW and used to watch video bootleg tapes of them all the time. They were excited because ECW had a lot of guys like Jericho, Guerrero, Mysterio, among others. Well, unfortunately, they never got the phone call because eventually it was told that Christian was wearing orange tights, and that was the color of Taz, who did not respect anyone who wore his tights. So he's uh, kind of upset that Paulie never gave him a shot, however, at that time. So, guys, I mean, you talk about some great moments that some of the people are talking about Paulie uh, dangerously, however. He's had them all, however. Uh, John, I will get your thoughts about these uh, exclusive uh, uh, bonus features, if you will. Your thoughts. Oh, exclusive they were. Indeed, indeed. However, no question about it. And now, your thoughts? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he did uh, manage a lot of people, and uh, the names that they mentioned, yeah, are really, uh, really talented uh, wrestlers. So, so, I, so, no, no doubt. You know, he had he had a good uh, uh, career as far as uh, being a manager. So. Yes. Yes, no question about it, no question about it, indeed. And like we said, folks, if uh, you're looking for a good DVD, this is definitely worth talking about. I mean, some of the guys that I'm kind of surprised that did not uh, show up on this DVD, obviously, however, uh, included, however, like I said, uh, Todd Gordon. I imagine there's still I imagine a little bit of tension between him and Todd Gordon. I don't really know. Uh, but some of the guys that do did come out on this DVD that did exclusively talk about it was like Raven, RVD, uh, among others, let's just say Joey Styles, Stephanie McMahon, if you will, was on this DVD. Uh, but like I said, this was this was this is a guy who is very very unique, however, and also has had a lot of controversy, good and bad over the years, no question about it. So there you have it, folks. Our thoughts about Paulie Dangerously, however, and ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paulie uh, Hay- Paul Heyman, if you will, DVD review. I mean, I tried to break down his best they could at some of these, but again, you can check uh, the review itself, however, on pdrwrestling.net, however, for more exclusive uh, content, if you will, however, as well. On that note, ladies and gentlemen... All right, well, I'm going to get out of here. All right. All right, John. All right, John. See you later. See you later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the human suplex machine, John Gross, uh, taking us uh, 
out for the evening. We thank him for coming on the line tonight. We also want to thank our good friend of ours, thinking El Patel. We will be back next Tuesday, however, ladies and gentlemen, our normal time slot because of a minor snafu this week. We could not uh, have it for you this week, but we will definitely be back on our normal time slot next week, ladies and gentlemen, at 7 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. But don't forget tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Wolfpack Radio is going to be a very interesting show. I believe there will be a title match in the works tonight. I don't know yet, but I'm going to be working on uh, finding that out. But, folks, we will have that for you at 9 o'clock, as John pointed out moments before uh, Nell came on the line. There has been discussion, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to try to find out if we can confirm this or not, that Hulk Hogan might be on his way back into WWE again. And the question is, what will he be doing? We don't know yet, but we will let you know as well. So, before we wrap it up here, I want to ask Nell any uh, close thoughts here uh yeah well i mean yeah so the so the rickler dvd is, is pretty it's pretty uh awesome so yeah i think i think you did your best uh best job at it so so that was so that was good um thank you yeah i didn't really know about uh rickler that much no, not rickler but uh, sorry um paulie Heyman. yeah paul Heyman yeah. a lot so that's so that was a good um that's, that's a good dvd to check out because i didn't know really much about him i just i just yeah. knew when he was with uh brock lesnar and gm punk i didn't know like uh, he was a manager and managed all these wrestlers and stuff. I had no idea. You know, yeah, he so. was a manager. He was a promoter. He was an announcer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, done, he's done it all. I mean, he, he's he, like I said, he is sort of like, I mean... I mean, sort of like the mad scientist. They don't call him the mad genius, but nothing. I mean, <laughs> he, he definitely has had a lot of uh, guys over the years uh, respect him and admire him. Some people have uh, hated him and called him every name in the book, and I'm not going to say right. some of those names because I'm trying to give you PG, but there's been some names that we've, uh, we can definitely can tell you about. Paul E. Howard has been very unique, but folks, uh, definitely check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman Howard out on DVD right now. It has been out for a long, while time. Uh, you can order it now on Amazon.com. If you can try to find a good copy somewhere uh, used, good luck as well. But, folks, I would definitely check this DVD out. And like I said, I haven't watched it for a while. I might have to go back and watch it again. But, folks, this is a very good DVD. I'll tell you what, folks, and uh, it's worth watching. Like I said, it talks about, like I said, how you guys started in the business as a photographer to a manager to a commentator to a booker to um, a manager again yet, however, and to uh, other things as well, however. So, folks, uh, like I said, there you have it. Next week, folks, I don't know what one we'll be thinking of next week, but, folks, we'll definitely be back in our normal time slot again, as I pointed out, ladies and gentlemen, coming up uh, next week at 7 p.m., however, on Tuesday night, uh, because uh, we had a Meyer snafu this past Tuesday. We are just a few days late, however, but, folks, uh, we thank you for joining us, of course. Coming up at 9, as we said, we'll talk more about what's going on in the world of wrestling. We'll also keep you up to date with what's going on in March Madness. Of course, the Sweet 16 starting tonight in Atlanta and Boston, or not Boston, excuse me, L.A., if you will. Tomorrow night, uh, games will be commenced in Boston and Omaha. Tonight's games will be very unique. Of course, we've got two Cinderella teams playing tonight in the first game right now going on in Atlanta. We will get an update on that at 9 o'clock between Loyola, Chicago, and Nevada. Meanwhile, Los Angeles it is Texas A&M and Michigan playing right now at the Staples Center in L.A. While at 9.30, of course, you got two great games, of course. First at 9.30, live from Atlanta, it will be Kansas State and Kentucky. And then in the nightcap, it will be Florida State taking on Gonzaga. The question is, which one of these teams will move on to the Elite Eight? We'll let you know coming up later on this evening. So, folks, on that note, we're going to take you out a little early. However, actually... I'm just double-checking here if we're early or not. Actually, we're about a minute and a half away from 8 o'clock. So, folks, we're going to take you about a minute and a half early. And as we take you out tonight, it's only fitting we play ECW's old theme song. So, folks, uh, thank you for listening to us. We will be back again at 9 o'clock. So, uh, 
Have a good night, everyone. Stay warm. Stay safe out there if you're out and about. However, again, I do want to thank the Rattlesnake and the Human Suplex Machine. So for now, ladies and gentlemen, as we take you out, uh, we want to thank you all extreme people for listening in tonight. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great night, and we'll catch you on the flip side as we now leave you ringside with the Rattlesnake and the Human Suplex Machine. This is the Iceman saying enjoy your evening, and have a good night, everyone. Talk to you soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.